I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Mark Johnson of the consulting firm LBMC Information Security. Mark, who is the former CISO at Vanderbilt University and Medical Center, will be discussing some of the top cyber challenges facing the healthcare sector in 2020. So Mark, I know you work closely with clients tackling security issues involving medical devices. What are some of the top challenges that you see them dealing with right now when it comes to the cybersecurity of these products? So medical device security is going to continue to be a problem and a concern for the healthcare industry in 2020 and beyond. It's still going to be a number of years before we have a stable, more robust, from a cyber perspective, cadre of medical devices. And until we do, we're going to have to continue to look for other means to protect them by segmentation, micro-segmentation, etc. But as we start to move into this, we're starting to identify more and more of these vulnerabilities because more and more security researchers are looking at them. That's a good thing because as they identify that, they tell the vendor, the vendor has an opportunity to try and patch it and tell the clients who own those devices, here are the patches, go ahead and apply them and protect those systems. That's a big trend that we're seeing long-term, not just for 2020, but from well beyond as well. So, Mark, with that said, what's your advice to healthcare sector entities about managing the life cycle of legacy medical devices, including those running OSs and software no longer supported by vendors? For instance, Microsoft stopped offering free security updates for Windows 7 operating system, as well as Windows Server 2008, 2008 R2. What impact does this have on healthcare sector entities, including medical devices, potentially? That's a great question, and it's it's a question that has kind of been with us since the inception of computers. As vendors start to migrate to newer versions of operating systems, they sunset older systems. So whether you're dealing with medical devices or you're dealing with an ERP package that runs your financials, you have to stay current. The challenge that you have in in a medical device is when it's built and they're expensive, when it's built, you can't just throw it away necessarily. You have to amortize it, you have to depreciate it, etc. So what we've been talking to our clients about is how they manage that life cycle when they're dealing with systems that they can't get rid of but are no longer supported by the vendor, like the Microsoft that you highlighted or like medical devices that are now on newer, more robust operating systems. To do that, it takes a very holistic approach. So you're not looking at just the devices themselves, but you're looking at other things around your environment and potentially other areas where that medical device can communicate to. So not only your environment, but potentially your vendor's environments or other people or partners' environments that you're connected to. So Mark, the Department of Homeland Security recently issued an alert about critical vulnerabilities in Windows 10 that could allow remote attackers to decrypt, modify, or inject data on user connections. The Department of Health and Human Services subsequently sent out an alert to healthcare sector entities, also advising them to 
to mitigate these vulnerabilities. What sorts of potential attacks do you think healthcare sector entities need to be worried about most if these flaws are not patched? What's the potential impact on patient data, security, privacy, and patient safety? Well, if they don't patch, if you don't apply any patches in any case, whether it's these very critical patches that you've highlighted or the normal run-of-the-mill patches that you see on an almost daily basis coming from the vendors, you tend to fall behind and you put your patients, you put the data, you put all of that at a greater risk. So again, we work with our clients very regularly about having a good patch management, vulnerability management program. When you get a set of patches or a set of alerts like this that are high critical, they've been, they have a high degree of visibility, you need to move forward in your standard processes and your standard processes should include how do you deal with critical time sensitive patching. We work with our clients all the time to tell them, you know, you can't just treat every single patch the same way. You have to look at it and what it impacts your environment. Operating system vulnerabilities that are highlighted in these alerts are important and everybody should be paying attention to it and following the mitigation path that has been highlighted in these alerts. I think, though, that one of the key aspects that they have to look at is not every patch has the same impact as the others. And so when you're talking about something this ubiquitous, Microsoft's operating system, Microsoft 10 operating system patch, you need to look at that and get patching right away. So Mark, in 2019, we saw an onslaught of ransomware and other cyber attacks on organizations across all sectors, but some of the most devastating impact was on healthcare sector entities. What do you predict for this year in terms of the kinds of attacks we'll see on the healthcare sector, and especially the steps that these entities need to take in order to stay ahead of these assaults? Well, I think we're going to continue to see an increase attack volume in the healthcare sector. I've seen reports that healthcare is one of the most attacked commercial sectors in the U.S. economy. It's one of the most attacked uh, sectors in the global economy. I think that trend is going to continue for 2020 and beyond. The reason is, is because we started to see the bad guys know how to monetize this data in ways that we couldn't have predicted. And I think that's going to continue. I've also seen, your fine publication has actually reported this, that there's a disturbing trend that they're actually stealing the data now and then encrypting it. So they're trying to get not only the benefit or, if you will, the monetary benefit of the ransomware, but the monetary benefit of reselling that data that they've stolen. Healthcare entities have to look at a more strategic approach to dealing with this. Today, a lot of the ransomware events begin with a phishing attempt. Today, a lot of the ransomware events become because people fall victim to a phishing or some sort of social engineering scam. Our users, all of our users in healthcare need to be more suspicious and questioning when they're looking at 
information or phishing attempts to try and say, is this really something I should be clicking on? Is this really something I should be adding to my computer? If we can start to continue or continue to increase their awareness, that'll help a lot, but it won't answer the entirety of the message. We're going to continue to see more sophisticated attacks as we've seen over the last year or two. We're going to continue to see more dangerous attacks going after specific types of systems and, God forbid, medical devices. Those kinds of things, we're going to have to do other things to do it. User awareness is not going to solve that problem. While user awareness is important, how about from a technology standpoint, are there any emerging or perhaps underutilized security technologies that you think can help with these issues? For the types of attacks, yes. I think we've seen a number of interesting and new technologies coming out and continuing to come out. In the area of micro-segmentation, there's some really fascinating and capable tools out there. In the area of in ingress and egress filtering and protecting and automatic re detection and response and managed detection and response, these are all very positive technical trends that we see. We have a number of clients that are working with us in implementing managed detection and response so that by the time the alert fires, it's already some time late to the event, and any longer it would takes to fix it is just you're losing ground to the attacker. And so the quicker you can respond, the better it is. So when we're thinking about the technologies, we have to think about they have to knit together in order to make it work holistically, but they also need to be very rapid because these attacks are seconds in nature, not minutes or hours. And finally, Mark, we often see a lack of security maturity in the healthcare sector. However, based on what you see, if there's one critical security step that you'd recommend even the most mature healthcare organizations take this year to improve their security, what would that step be? You know, I think it's a trend that I'm seeing because I'm starting to see this from a lot of my clients. And that's the trend, the very great trend of getting healthcare cybersecurity people to move away from thinking about cybersecurity in a compliance term and moving towards what is my maturity level. So no matter where you are on that scale, no one's perfect. No one can afford to be perfect. You need to look at how you are and where you are, how you can improve your maturity over the course of the year. The key function is taking an unvarnished look at where you're at and not worry about retribution because you may have a bad report card. Go in and take an unvarnished look at where you're at and then decide how to prioritize based on that how to improve your maturity. But I really mean this when I, I've been saying this for years, that we need to stop thinking about cybersecurity as compliance and think of it more as cyber. This trend that I'm starting to see, and I'm getting asked by my clients, I don't want a compliance risk assessment. I want a maturity risk assessment. That trend is a huge positive for us. Thanks, Mark. I've been speaking to Mark Johnson. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.